everyone. Today's date is Wednesday, September 13th of 2023. The time is 6.30 p.m. I'm calling the order of the City of Centerville City Council meeting. First order of business is roll call. Council Member yeah. Russ Koski. <laughs> Present. Council Member Darren Mosier. Present. Council Member Ray Taylor. Councilmember Rowan Shaw. Present. Mayor Love is also present. Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you all. Next item on the agenda is the approval of the agenda. Um, we have a couple of additions here. Under consent agenda, we have weighted check number 36166, and we're also going to move consent agenda, consent agenda item number six up under appointments and presentations item number one. Does any council members have any other items they would like to add or amend the agenda with? I would like to, uh, Mr. Mayor, comment on, um, and I presume there will be comment on item number one and then uh, on item number four as well. From on the consent agenda? Is that what we're talking? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah. So we'll, I'll give you the opportunity to pull that item. When we I, do am it. I jumping ahead here? We're no, just no. approving it. We're just approving it right I now. Am, I am sitting in a different chair. Yeah, you chair. sat in a different I spot and threw you off. <laughs> Is that a motion for approval? I make a motion to approve the agenda with the noted changes. All right, we have a motion. Do we have a second? Second. We have a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. All right, the next thing on our agenda is appointments and presentations. And I moved consent agenda item number six up to number one as well because it is our opportunity to honor Council member, former council member Steve King for his service. And the first thing I want to do, if I can get that far down into my my packet, is I want to read the resolution that was presented, provided for us this evening. Bear with me for one moment while I make my way down there. Here we go. So the resolution itself reads: Whereas on August 20th of 2023. Stephen Douglas King, a sitting sitting council member of the city of Centerville, Minnesota, passed away at his home in downtown Centerville with his wife by his side just across the street from the spot where they first met. Steve submitted affidavits and can of candidacy and was elected to the city council by the voters of Centerville three times in the past 12 years. Through his tenure, Steve served as a liaison to the Park and Recs Committee, represented the city of Centerville City Council, on the Centennial Fire District Steering Committee, North Metro Telecommunications Commission, Anoka County Fire Protection Council, Economic Development Committee, Economic Development Authority, and in the capacity of Deputy Mayor. Steve provided leadership and respected his fellow council members, city staff, and all representatives of the regional, state, and federal entities through his interactions, even if there was disagreement in belief or substance. Steve was a man of simple means who represented the constituents of Centerville with small town values and fiduciary responsibility while striving to maintain independence 
from overregulation by regional, state, and federal governments through its in-depth research, governmental procedures, and programming. The City of Centerville, its staff, boards, and commissions, and his constituents are greatly saddened by his passing. The City of Centerville recognizes that Steve's service to this community, including his service to our country in the United States Air Force from 1973, I'm sorry, 1975 through 1979. The City of Centerville also appreciates Steve's family for the sacrifices that they, are, that they have made allowing him to dedicate his time serving the community. Now therefore, be it resolved by the City of Centerville City Council that the, in recognition of his service to his community, we declare August 20th of 2023 to be Stephen Douglas King Day in the city of Centerville. So with that, um, I, I have some words that I've written personally, but I thought I'd just, um, as, as Russ alluded to, maybe give the council a few minutes to share some, any thoughts that they may want to share. And Russ, since you, since you wanted to do that first, I... What? Thank See you, Mr. Mayor. Um, yeah, you know, these things are always really difficult. And um, I've known uh, Councilmember King, Steve, for a long time, and I considered Steve a friend. Um, I was very saddened um, to hear uh, of the news and, 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 and blessings and, and, and condolences to um, Donna and family. And. Um, Steve was interesting because I, I learned a lot from Steve and I learned to really respect Steve. Um, Steve did not have an issue if he thought he needed to call a U.S. Senator or a Congressperson or a County Commissioner or a State Senator. State, it didn't matter. Steve was on it and he was uh, not uh, shy about giving those folks a call and, and asking questions and wanting answers. And, you know, I, I just learned to respect that a great deal. Um, and Steve had his way of looking at things, and um, he often thought of and brought up points that most other people would not, and worthy um, points and worthy of asking, and um, his contributions that he made to this city and our community, they're going to last for many, many years, and Steve will leave his mark for a long, long time on this city and our community, and I will miss him. Um, miss his comments and and his opinions shared in this room and because um, Steve was all about making this community the best community that we could be um, a safe place to live and uh, and he, I know he cared about his family and and uh, I'm gonna miss him and so um, thank you mr. mayor and again blessings and condolences to Donna and family um, <clears throat> yeah, he was uh, very interesting the first, when I first got on council, uh, being on P&Z since 06, I've uh, learned a lot from him, and uh, at first it was kind of a little too interesting, but then I kind of, <laughs> I, I, he, he made me laugh a lot, you know, and uh, the perspective that he, and the spins that he put on things were just, kind of spot on in my, you know, we kind of saw life through the same eyes and stuff. I never did get my hair cut from him, but um, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, <laughs> I really got to know him more on the EDA board, 
and uh, as uh, if you saw Steve on council and his uh, some of his reactions and stuff, you think he doesn't have a soft heart, but that's why I love Christmas. He's the one that wanted the lights around. He, he budgeted for it. I was like, is this yeah. the same guy that I'm looking at? <laughs> <laughs> Did he call So I'm going to miss him. And blessings to you and your family. So I was very new to meeting Steve this year. And um, in my impression, it was certainly the, the, hey, you better be, you know, I'm going to put you through your paces. And, um, and, but then I think it was a really quick relationship of respect and understanding that, that even if he had that, that, that initial, it was, it was really from this beautiful place of sincere protection and love for the city and for the work. And that was really evident really early on. So it was all too brief. Um, my condolences to, to you and your family. Yeah. Um, I didn't know Steve for very long, but I, I'm very appreciative of how welcoming he was with me coming out of the council. Um, he was just kind to me. I talked to him a little bit outside before and after the meetings, and he was just a really genuine guy. And I could tell he genuinely cared about the city and the community, and especially the youth of this community. And um, I'm really sorry to see him go. And condolences to you. Did you have any sentiments from you or staff? Uh, you know, I think uh, just I always like anecdotes. I know, Mr. Mayor, you, you've told an anecdote before about watching him change somebody's oil or oh, something. I, I'll, right. I'll let you maybe tell that story. But, <laughs> but you know, I, I think, um, you know, Steve had had his well-known viewpoints on, on lots of stuff. And um, some people, unfortunately, I think in our world today make assumptions about people based on those viewpoints. And I, I would just point to, like, one of the last meetings he was at, we had a, a person in here... Um, a person of color with two felonies in their in their past, mm -hmm. and um, you know I think there, there's a, a group of people that would jump to conclusions about how Steve might have reacted to that situation, and and what I saw was him um, in, incredibly um, empathetic to her and wanting to give her um, the second chance he felt she deserved and and um, approved voted to approve her licensure yeah. in town, and so I think um, it's just a Example of how, you know, in today's partisan uh, politics, um, it, not everyone who's on one side or the other can't, you know, surprise us all, right? And, and it, it's, it's, it was a good reminder to me to not have those preconceived notions of people, so. Well, I, I wrote a few things down, and I'll try to be as brief as possible since I got to read the resolution. But having worked with Steve the entirety of his 12 years on the council, I knew without a shadow of doubt that he loved the city and he cared about the citizens of the city. But I will also say if there was an agenda item that included water on it, we knew we were going to hear <laughs> his true passion about that topic. So that, that, you know, every time I saw it, I went, okay, 10 minutes for Steve on this one. <laughs> I, as, as Mark noted, I previously shared the story of Steve when he worked at Holiday Gas Station down the road and a customer came in and said, and it's snow outside and it's just cold as I don't know what, and a customer came in and said, something's wrong with my car. And like it was the 1970s, Steve in his polo shirt goes outside, gets on the ground in the snow, and starts looking under her car. And I thought to myself, 
that's not what people at gas stations do then today. <laughs> and I don't know that he knew it was that I was around and kind of saw this or not, but to me it just spoke to his heart and who he really was and that he cared about people. And it wasn't a citizen that could vote for him or anything else. He just said, this lady's out in the snow and someone's rolling her car. I want to help her. And I thought, that, that's pretty incredible, and that, that says a lot to me. Steve also cared about the youth, as you noted. You know, when he would talk about driving the bus, he always said, I got to take care of my kids. And I thought, man, that's, that's pretty cool. You, you know, he takes that job to heart, and a lot of people don't do that. You know, a lot of people can say, well, I'm just A. And that was never Steve. Steve was, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, and it matters. Steve did let me know a couple of months ago, he said, you know, the next year, that's it for me. I'm not going to run again. I, I'm getting old, and we need to let someone else do this. And I said, Steve, well, I know you're going to finish strong. And I can honestly say, I know he finished strong. He finished in this council chamber strong. Every meeting he was at, he cared about it. He brought his all to it, and it meant the world to him. So. I also want to offer my condolences to you, Donna, and your family. Um, Steve will be missed by us. I will fully admit we didn't always see everything eye to eye. But amazingly, over the 12 years, I started understanding him. It was, it was yeah. kind of, I could speak <laughs> Steve a little bit, so it was kind of cool. So, um, you know, I, I did want to offer an opportunity. It, it is under the presentation portion of our agenda. So if you wanted to share something about Steve with the city, um, please feel free to do so. This may be a little unusual, and I hope you understand, but I decided to thank all of you in person. Before I begin, however, I would like to thank the mayor for coming over to the house and offering his condolences, and later, the beautiful fall arrangement from him and his wife. Second, I would like to thank the council members and staff for attending the funeral and cards with wonderful comments about Steve. And third, I want to thank the city staff and other people on the committees, EDA, Planning and Zoning, Parks and Recs, and City Attorney Kurt Glacier, for the beautiful cards and very nice personal messages. Again, thank you for your kindness and sharing how much you liked working with him and why. This family will treasure them forever. And also, uh, Linda Runbeck sent a really nice card, and she that's why I forgot But she said she really enjoyed working with Steve all those years. And she said he was a true patron. That he really, you know, wanted everyone to, you know, have the best and agree So anyways, thank you very much. I appreciate this. Um, surprised I got through it without crying. But I've done plenty of that already. So. But um, yes, the family thanks you for, you know, the nice 
Mr. Mayor, we, we do have a little uh, token of our appreciation for Steve's service that we'd like to give Donna. If you want to maybe come over here and we'll get a picture. Well, Donna, this says for Steve's 10 plus years of dedicated service to the residents of Centerville, this is uh, his plaque issued to you in 2023. Thank you. Can I give you a hug? Did you say raised beds? No. <laughs> in the backyard. In the backyard. In the backyard. Almost 3,000 miles. Then the next summer, the dirt got filled in. Because I told him, I said, you know, we're not going to be young forever, and you're going to appreciate that you're going to crawl around on the ground and hire someone. So he just, this last summer, he said, oh, that's the, that's the, how long did that take? <laughs> no, he was a good man. He really was. There were so many things about him people didn't know. He was his uh, brother, and I never, we never got a chance to see it in this. And Steve tried to find him too, but he he uh, went into the Air Force because he wanted to go to art school. And his brother is an amazing artist, and he said Steve is way way better than me. And uh, we, his parents had some of his drawings, and, but when we got together, I bought him a drawing table, mm -hmm. you know, the whole setup. But after a while, he said, I can't do this. It'll take too much work in my relationship. And I and kind of was, I want you to do this. <laughs> you don't believe how strong I can be. <laughs> but anyway, so. Well, Steve never so cut he my hair either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was very talented. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Don. Okay, Council, um, I would entertain a motion to adopt Resolution 23-0XX proclaiming August 20th of 2023 as Stephen Douglas King Day. So moved, Mr. Mayor. We have a motion. Do we have a second? Second. We have a motion and a second. Any further comments or discussion? All right. All those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries unanimously. feel like we should adjourn. I don't know that there's <laughs> anything else that could be much better, but we, we are going to move forward with our business as, as Steve would want us to do. So next item on the agenda is the recognition of Scouts participation in a history niche, niche <laughs> wall display, um, whichever word is, is best fits you. And uh, I have a few words that we wanted to share. Tonight's Scouts from Cub Pack 432 and BSA Troop 136 are here to celebrate the recent installation of our new exhibit right here at City Hall. The exhibit titled, A Scouting Narrative, was made possible 
through our partnership with the Scouts and the Anoka County Historical Society. On behalf of the city, I would like to personally thank you, personally say thank you to the Scouts from Cub Pack 432 and Troop 136, as well as our Scout leaders who help with this display, and it's greatly appreciated. At this time, I would like to invite the Scouts and Scout leaders up to the podium to say a few words if they would like. Then we would like to get a few pictures in front of our new Scout exhibit. Thank you again to Cub Pack 432 and Troop 136. We could not have completed this exhibit without you. So who wants to come up and say a few words? Oh no, no, we want one of the youngsters. Come on. Uh, well, I'm not prepared. Uh, no. You're a scout, come on. You can't say you're not prepared. <laughs> say the oath or something. Hey, we, we won't know. Uh, I just like to say thank you to the city. Um, this has been a great home for scouts. Uh, I moved here uh, about five years ago. And before that, I recognized that this would be a good home. It's a great home. So much support from the DEA, the council, um, uh, everyone who needs the. Uh, the church has been wonderful to allow us to use the facilities. Uh, St. Jen's, of course, Church of Buckingham, um, and Will Harbors. We're just advertised today. You guys get your name. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. City. Thank you for everyone who's helped welcome the scouts to this community. Thank you, Brian. We appreciate it. All right. Well, um, come on over. Daryl. Always here in the first two is every month. I talk enough at that time, so I don't want to take any more of your time. But thank you so much for allowing this to be put up here. Thank you. Seconds to get a couple picks. Absolutely. All right. Gotta have something on the social media. Right here. <laughs> <laughs> the social media badge. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we pull the flag out for him? <laughs> march it over to him? We wish they had all come. Yeah. We, would, we would open the back door and let them all in. All right. Thank you all again, once again. Okay, moving on with our agenda. Next item on our agenda is the approval of the minutes from the July 26, 23 City Council work session and meeting minutes. Any council have any annotations to those minutes? Mr. Mayor, I'd be glad to just offer that you know they were mailed, mailed out or emailed out this morning. So yep. if you if you want to table them, that's okay. Um, otherwise, we'd be glad to have you approve them. But um, just don't want to rush you if you didn't have a chance to look at them. 
I'll leave that to council. I, I had a chance, but I'm not sure what else there is. Um, yeah, I got through the majority of it, so okay. 85% of it, so it looked fine to me. All right. Anyone want to make a motion for approval? So moved. We have a motion. Do we have a second? Second. We have a motion and a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. All right. Uh, we're moving down the consent agenda. And as noted under consent agenda item number one, check 36166 is being removed. And number six has been moved up under appointments and presentations. And if my memory serves me correct, Councilmember Koski wanted to remove number four. Uh, yes, sir. Thank All you, right. Mr. Mayor. Does any council members want to have any other items removed for further discussion? All right. Hearing none, do we have a motion for approval of consent agenda items one, two, three, and five? So moved. We have a motion. Do we have a second? Second. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. Consent agenda item number four, Councilmember Koski. Uh, thank you, Mr. Mayor. I, I just wanted to uh, acknowledge um, the two residents or three residents that uh, contributed and donated to the uh, park bench. Um, Don Quaintance, I believe, and Bill and Pam Capon. Um, and say thank you to them and I really um, think those kind of donations or the contributions that residents and citizens make and it's really part of the whole community spirit for me and, and neighbors helping neighbors and and I think that's just great rather than waiting for the city or government to come in and do everything they're just taking it and, and running with it and uh, and helping out where they can so I just want to say thank you to um, to them for donating because many many people will benefit from their donations so thank you Absolutely. Thank you for that. Any other council members? Yeah, I, I echo those sentiments, Russ. I mean, everything from people donating towards benches to me arriving at City Hall, finding pictures from the parade and not even knowing who they came from. What a great community that we live in. So definitely appreciate our citizens. All right. With that, do we have a motion for approval of consent agenda item number four? Yes, so moved, Mr. Mayor. We have a motion. Do we have a second? We have a motion and a second. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. All right. Now we move into old business item number one, resolution 23-0XX, establishing no parking zones, new and existing. Mr. Stotts. Yeah, Mr. Mayor, this is old, old, old business. We've been <laughs> over this one a couple of times, and um, that's actually great, though. Uh, you know, we had this on the docket, and it just, it always seems to work out this way. We had other intentions or, or reasons why we were doing what we were doing, and all of a sudden, boom, an issue pops up that is germane to this, and um, it's a perfect opportunity to engage in a discussion with our community, whether it's the residents or businesses. And so it, it just so happened that we were having a bit of an issue with um, trucks stacking up on the main street, and uh, the business owner there, uh, or the landowner in conjunction with the business owner, said, you know what, is there a different solution we can look at um, to, to alleviate this problem? Um, you're looking at establishing no parking zones in, on all the uh, industrial streets. Could we, could we um, carve out a section of a street that we could park trucks on? Um, at first I was pretty hesitant. I hadn't really thought through that much and I hadn't seen 
truck parking spaces before, but boy, you Google truck parking and <laughs> um, you're going to find all sorts of articles about cities that are having problems with it yeah. and um, looking for solutions and that kind of thing. So we certainly weren't um, the only city going through this, and I think we've developed a, a nice solution here, a nice compromise. Um, so we've essentially carved out, um, I'll get to this here. Covered out a section on the south side of Commerce Drive that would accommodate um, at least five trucks worth of parking. Sorry, a lot of. Oh, you guys are good. <laughs> Please tell me my math is in here. Yeah, page, page 20. Oh, you know what? It's on the next agenda item because that's where we pay for it. Um, 31. This is Commerce Drive, it's sideways, but bear with me. Um, so north is to the left here. This is Rupert's Johnson here. Mm -hmm. This is Midwest Best Water and Triplex Systems. And the existing striping on this road is a three-lane configuration where you have uh, an eastbound and a westbound lane with a center turn lane. And it was designed that way, not because normally on a road like that you have it because you have driveways both left and right. And of course, right. on this one we don't have any the right or to the south and never were going to but it was designed this way because we didn't know where the driveways were going to be at the time so we didn't remember we built this road speculatively hoping that we could sell these industrial lots and it took a little while but we got there um, and so we didn't know where the driveways were so we couldn't really install turn lanes to those driveways right and um, so we built this with this center turn lane that would accommodate driveways any old place now that we know definitively these are the spots where we're going to have driveways and development we can kind of accommodate the striping a little differently and so we would um, in working with our engineers here develop this uh, configuration where we, we keep the turn lane into Midwest Best Water here simply because it's right there and, and close um, and it would be a bad thing if you know someone um, taking a left into there had to stop and wait for someone to come the other direction meanwhile someone could come off of 20th Avenue and not be able to get onto Commerce Drive and off of the busy county road. So wanted to have a turn lane for a person to wait for that. Um, then immediately after that, heading east, we would go to a normal sort of two lane where the two lanes are right next to each other and then you know bumping that out so that there could be parking along the south side of the road. Um, then as we move into the curve, we kind of transition back to that sort of original design with the median in the middle, the striped median. And then as we approach the east side of the road, we would be back into a, a left turn lane scenario. Um, and that, you know, again, mostly because there's no, there's just not enough room in there if, unless you're going to park trucks around the curb, which just doesn't seem like a real great idea. Um, and I think we had adequate space here, again, for, um, you know, about five trucks worth of space here, four or five trucks. And we think that that is, um, you know, quite a, quite a bit and um, probably more than we even necessarily need. But it, it made some sense um, to do it on the straightaway here. So I know that one suggestion I think from Councilmember Taylor at one time was to perhaps do it on the north side of the road. And of course that does make more sense from a circulation standpoint because 
most of the trucks that we were having issues with are facing east on Main Street, and so it would be easy for them to take a right on 21st, come down to Commerce Drive, be facing the correct direction, and park on the right side of the road, and then be able to circle back and get into um, uh, American Roofing Supply. However, with the site issues that, that would cause, the fact that we have a couple driveways here in the middle, if you had, imagine, semis parking in this area here, people coming in and out of the um, driveway to Rufford's Johnson, I, I felt it would have uh, sight line issues uh, trying to look around those parked trucks. And I just, I felt like we may end up too with issues with, um, you know, people blocking the driveway or, or that kind of thing. Um, and just felt like that, that vacant area along the south, it doesn't bother anybody if a truck sits there. Um, they're not sitting in front of a building idling. Um, they're across the street and kind of in no man's land there. So even though it, it is tougher from a, a traffic flow perspective, we have Fairview to the south. So all the truck has to do is just essentially go one block to the south, curl around and, and can be facing this direction. And then of course when they wanna come back, they just have to do a loop-de-loo around the block again. Um, so it can, it can work um, e even though it's sort of the opposite direction. Mr. Mayor, you got a look on your face like, you want me to explain that further? Yeah, so are they coming in off of 21st? So what would happen is, let's say you came up to American Roofing Supply, and I, I want to emphasize, American Roofing Supply isn't the only reason this makes sense, right? Sure, there are sure. other businesses that want to do this, but um, the immediate problem we were having was American Roofing Supply stacking on Main Street facing east. So they get to the gate there, they see it's backed up, I don't want to, main, I don't want to wait on Main Street. They go down to 21st Avenue, take a right, and then rather than come right on the Commerce, because now you're going to have to park the opposite direction, right. you go down to Fairview, take a right, oh. take another right, take Four another right, parts. three rights make it wrong, and um, you're on Commerce Drive facing east. Then, of course, that's the wrong direction if you want to get back to where you're going. Right. <laughs> so you've got to go around the block again. But, you know, in the grand scheme of things, these truckers are coming from miles and miles away. Going around the block once isn't that big a deal to them. Um, it's certainly better than sitting on the county, busy county road. So I think we've arrived at a solution. It's not perfect, but I think um, it's something we can accommodate. And the best part is it's um, fairly inexpensive. You stripe it, and if it doesn't work out, we restripe it. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're not building concrete medians. We're not ripping out curb. We're not adding new pavement, anything like that. And I think it's a, it's a vast improvement to the the condition that we had, and I, I feel from a safety perspective, this is a good thing to do for our community. Um, and, and, you know, it, it leaves a very little excuse for the business to not be able to comply with um, not parking on Main Street. All right. I'll just, I'll just, I'm sorry, I'll just quickly mention too that I know this, this is an old, old business and you've all seen this before, but just for the public review too, um, there was vast support for this restriping and, and, and this program um, from all the businesses in our business park. I, not, I shouldn't say all, most of the businesses in our business park. I don't know if there were any opposed, I just, maybe there were some that didn't respond or something, but there was wide support from business, the business community. That's all, Mr. Mayor. All right, any council members have any comments, Darren? <clears throat> I'm confused, you said that parking's on the south side? Yeah, so in this picture, so the south is So they're going to be going against traffic? That's, that's what I was trying to explain, is that um, immediately, yeah, that they'd have to go around the block to come and be facing east. So if you're facing east on Main Street, you go to 21st, you head south. Oh. 
You go around the block on Fairview, up 20th, around, and now you can take a right, and you're, now you're facing east again. Right, and then when they go down, they're going to have to take a right again, yep. and then a right again. Exactly. It's a double loop. Yep. It's a double loop. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just wondering if there's a different way, because... Obviously, the path of least resistance is what they're going to go for, especially if they've driven their legal 11 hours or whatever it is to get there. And then, I see what you're saying. We cover the driveway. So that's one question I have. And then the other one, <clears throat> is that 24-hour parking then? Um, good question. Um, I can't remember if we specified that in here or not, but we were talking about like two-hour parking. Um, well, because I don't know if they do a lot of business in the winter, but obviously <laughs> road hazards. Yeah, so I think what we were talking about is two-hour parking, um, but you know, establishing some hours for it, or or just letting it be with our existing ordinance, which says you can't park on the street from three to seven. Okay. I do think you, you tend to line up earlier than seven, right? But um, so it may be something we just want to accommodate. Obviously our plows, um, I think they get out to these, these streets a little quicker than most. I mean, it's, uh, they're quick and um, we want to keep business rolling. And if we got 24 hour businesses in town, we want to keep those folks moving. Um, well, I was just wondering because, like I said, they're coming from the south and then all of a sudden they hit weather and they get here at two in the morning, what are they, I suppose they can park at the new quick trip, right? Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, a truck stop up the road at Love's. Uh, there's options you know, there's, for them. I get options, it. I'm just yeah. saying if if we're slotting the parking, I mean, is it, is there a time frame that yeah. we have on the sign as well? We, we can certainly specify that with this motion or someone some motion in the, in the future. Um, let me just quick grab. Uh, to be clearing in the Love's. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, <laughs> the road. Right, right. No, we, we don't need that. And then I guess, well, if I can keep rolling. Please. Um, uh, the biggest thing I see is the U-turns that they're doing at that uh, intersection. Are we going to get a uh, no U-turn at that intersection? I mean, that's county. I get it. But you, you remember when I told you that's, that's the yeah. biggest safety thing that I had that I seen was the U-turns that on Main Street. Yeah. yeah. 21st. And I, I've seen, seen it more than twice, actually. I've seen it more than twice. So it's Main scary. You're talking about Main and 20th. Yeah. Yeah. They do the U-turn to get yeah. oh. Twentieth. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I, I have a CDL license. I would never think of doing a U-turn, but um, Path of least resistance. That's what I'm talking about. That's what yeah. I'm saying. You want them on that side? Are they going to do all that stuff? I don't know. Are yeah. they going to come through and park in the parking designated backwards to what you have set up and go against the traffic? I right. wouldn't think they would, but, you know, path of least resistance. you got to make it as easy as possible for them. Right. But I, I strongly would suggest that we get a, you know, advocate for a no U-turn at that. Sure. Yeah, we can talk to the county to see if that's something they would entertain. I mean, that would be their jurisdiction, and we would have to 
advocate for it. I can't just demand it. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it would take to. That's your job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's all. I, that's all right. what I got. Anyone else have any questions or comments? Those are my things. Yeah. So, uh, Mark, the couple of things I had was, are we going to have a sign on? I guess that would be the south side of Main Street, near the main area where we're having the issue, saying truck parking on commerce or queuing on something to advise them, or else you know, are we doing any good just by yeah. having it? Well, that one thing, um, if you'll note on this map and on this list, and this has always been the case, or not always, but um, for many years now, Main Street has been designated no parking. It's just never mm -hmm. been signed that way. Right. So with this, we would designate Main Street no parking and um, begin to enforce that. Um, I, I hesitate to have signs that are a bit too wordy, you know, um, yeah. traffic signs that, you know, try to explain how to do, you know, go down to the right, take three rights again. Well, yeah, we can't do that. You know, it, it's right. uh, a little tough to do that. Um, I think that the business will figure some logistics out, you know, in terms of their dispatch and and all that kind of stuff um, to be able to inform drivers. It is tough because they have independent contractors coming here. These are not their trucks. Right. Um, and to Darren's point, yeah, sometimes the path of least resistance is the one that people choose. But um, you know, it won't take too long for them to understand that if they're parked there, we're hoping that the business can enforce, hey, it's no parking, go around the block, you know. Um, and they're they're pretty quickly in communication with that truck that parks there. Uh, the truck, the drivers get out of the truck and come Check inside. Them and say, I'm here to drop off my thing, you know. Um, and if there's a backup, hopefully the, the dispatch will get, um, figure out a way to quickly uh, reroute them. I also had a question about the trucks going the wrong way. I, I guess to me, I, I'm with Councilmember Mosier, getting them off the main street would be priority number one, and if they're making new turns at 20th and Main, that's, that's a little scary. I, I assume it was 21st, which is a little less um, people walking, but at 20th, I, there are people crossing that intersection all the time. That, that's a little yeah. scary, and that intersection is pretty busy, so um, I would definitely advocate for that as well. If they're parking the wrong way on Commerce, I don't know that. I'd be calling officers saying, come give them a ticket. Yeah. I, I'd probably let yeah. that go, because um, I, don't, I don't see them doing <laughs> all of the loops. That would be amazing if that happened. And the only other thing was, I, I saw a lot of businesses signed off on this, which I thought was great. That was great involvement. So that would, this would just be my encouragement to have those businesses also have that same energy and involvement with the city. We'd love to see them, parades and all the other stuff we have going on. We, we always need sponsors and stuff. So if you're that good at getting them to get involved, you're recruited. <laughs> all right. All right. So, um, with that, do we have a motion for approval of Resolution 23-0XX establishing no parking zones, new and existing? And Mr. Mayor, I'd be remiss yes, if I didn't, you know, talk through just this the is other not streets. the only thing going on right, <laughs> with we this have, resolution. Right. So what I, want, what I should explain is that over the years, each time we establish a no parking zone in town, we generally have done that through resolution, which on some streets you need to. Others that are just under city control, you don't necessarily need to do it, but we thought we made it in a practice. And it gets a little onerous to try to figure out, <laughs> to accumulate all those resolutions and put them all together and say, where are no parking zones, which was what we've been 
what we did when we prepared this item several months ago. So this resolution blankets everything, so it covers all the old ones, all right. adds in the new ones, so it's all in one spot, and we can just go back to this one and say, aha, here's all of our no parking zones. Um, so that's what this resolution is aimed to do, and it just says, atta see attached list, here's the attached list. The yellow ones are sort of things where we're doing new things. Um, and then uh, one of the other, yeah, I guess that's, no, that's the only thing I needed to cover. Um, and I guess if whoever makes a motion, if they would want to um, include any stipulation on the timing of, or the, um, the, the, the restriction on the no parking, or the parking on the south side of Commerce, if we wanted to post it um, as two hour parking, yeah. Allow overnight parking. I guess there's some debate there, maybe. Right. We should talk about that a little bit because currently, like you said, if they arrive in the middle of the night, they would not be able to park there for the no parking hours that are citywide. So if we wanted to alter that, now would be the time to alter that specifically for the industrial park area. And well, I won't share my opinion at all. I guess I'll just ask each one of yours. So. I, I'm going to back the bus up here for a second. Um, I think, my opinion, the parking on the south side isn't going to, it's not going to be golden, if you will, because who's going to be out there to tell a trucker, okay, take a right, go down, take a right, take a right, you know, and flip around. I mean, they're not going to, you, you know what I'm saying. Well, go ahead, yeah, please. step up. I was just trying to make it as simple as you can because I mean if they've they've come through weather and they're at the end of their hours they're not going to go what up, do what I'll park right there thanks you know so that's my opinion yeah I, I, I think for what's worth I think it's mostly um, delivers in the morning they're just getting started with their days and they get them bunched up because they all show up before rush hour um, I don't think it's necessarily people at the end of the day it's mostly it's in the beginning of the day because then the delivery trucks heading out to the job sites to the um, to deliver positions after that. Brent's thoughts? Yeah, Mr. Mayor, if I may, I, I, maybe if we could sign um, semi-trucks only two-hour limit and then we would maintain our 
parking rules as they are now, no parking overnight anyway. And that way they wouldn't be out there overnight and sign it as such, Mark. I don't know if we could put those three signs here, semi trucks only, two-hour parking and no overnight parking and list the hours on it like we do elsewhere. The other thought I had, too, um, we talk about um, handing them a little map and how to get there and all that kind of thing. I don't know, maybe when they dispatch, is there a way? Everything's GPS now. Put in a coordinate there for that parking location, and as they dispatch these independent drivers, say, hey, you know, if your delivery time is between 7 and 5, and if you're here at 6, here's your GPS marker, here's your coordinates where you should be parking. I don't know if there's, they can do that when they dispatch or not, but, uh, you know, yeah. rather than handing out a piece of paper, everything is... Do it on your phone now, right? So I know they are working that. with the dispatch, and I think that's been really helpful in alleviating the issues we've had. Um, and I, I would agree. I think you know overnight parking is probably the right move. I wouldn't recommend advertising truck parking because then you're going to get folks coming off of 35 who are trying to get further into the city. Um, you know, really the intent is just temporary overflow for the businesses within the industrial park as maybe. Lucas, while you're up there, so that you're not doing uptown, uptown, yeah. <laughs> what time does the um, business open? I think in the summer they're getting going at like 4.30 or 5. Okay. Um, right. Whenever the sun, you know, whenever the sun rises, just because they have to start getting materials out to the home builders, mm -hmm. and those crews are going, you know, right away as well. So, okay. luckily in our state, um, we do have a six-month window for building houses, <laughs> but you've got to make hay when the sun's shining. Right. So. Okay. Anything further, Russ? That's it. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. All right. All right. I'm good. Oh. Right. Good. All right. So, and I'm not going to ask any more questions. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. <laughs> um, Russ, I agree with you. I, I do like limiting the on-street parking. Um, but the reason I asked what time the business opened was with our current rules, if they were to park on that street any time, from 4.30 to 7, they would be looking at a potential ticket. Yes, please. Does that apply if they're actively in their vehicle? Yeah, I mean, I lean yeah on parking is parking. If it's in park, it's you're parked. So um, I, I do think, though, I'm trying to remember if our, our no parking ordinance is just 3 to 7. I think it's all year round, right? It is. Um, and, I'm assuming when it's snowing, we're, our business is at least going to be down, right? And so hopefully we don't have a lot of that conflict. I, I, I'd almost rather just be silent on that particular issue, or maybe it's we'll figure something out to say during plow season, you know, you can't be here at 5 a.m. or something. Um, but I think I'd like to try to keep it as simple as possible. I think two-hour parking, you know, the earliest you could be there would be, uh, well, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. It, it is more complicated than <laughs> the one to be. Maybe they can just have that on the memo and then just yeah, say that yeah. this parking is yeah. for um, overflow for the industrial. And then the memo that he's talking about that gets put out, maybe just have it, the hours in there. I mean, I mean, here's the thing is that our, our no parking ordinance is there to not have to plow around people. Um, and in in the case that there was a truck parked there when we were plowing, um, I think it'd be easy enough in this particular case, in this particular location, to just skip that street and 
come back later, you know what I mean? Whereas on the residential routes, it's you got to kind of keep moving in the route that you got to, you can't just skip a street, you know. Uh, <coughs> here you've just got a little bit more leeway in, in your route routing. Um, I want to put words in the health work's mouth, but I, I don't know, maybe we can form, I'd like to get this done today. I'd like to not bring this on, up, up again. So if we can maybe have some wording in the motion to, to ask staff to, uh, you know, work through the issues of no parking um, during the snow emergencies and trust us to do something reasonable there. I would be on board with the two hour parking restriction for sure and then just find appropriate signage for to ensure that uh, snow plowing is not an issue, something along those lines. So when we do that, do I have a motion for approval of resolution 23-0XX, establishing no parking zones new and existing with a two hour limitation in our industrial park area? So moved, Mr. Mayor. We have a motion, do we have a second? Second is amended. We have a second, any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign, motion carries. All right, which leads us right into old business item number two, striping contract, which goes right along with the previous agenda item. Yeah, Mr. Mayor, um, it does go right along. We just have one additional thing here, which is the striping on Progress Road. Again, here my figure is sideways, but uh, you'll use your imagination. The school is over here to the left, so north is to the left. And what this um, intends to do is to alleviate another Main Street stacking problem. Mm -hmm. So we have in the mornings and in afternoons, um, parents do drop off and pick up, and you know the world has changed. Not everyone rides a bus anymore, and parents drop their kids off at school, and that has caused a huge problem for school logistics. Um, so what happens is you get a big giant line here that forms out on the main street waiting to do this maneuver here and follow the little arrows here. Those are not actual arrows, we drew those in. And so people go down to the right, turn around, and come back along this long stretch of sidewalk, drop their kid off, and out they go. Um, again, what happens is it backs up on Main Street. We actually had an accident here where the person coming out of this driveway could not see around that backed up traffic and got sideswiped, uh, or I should say T-boned. Um, luckily, everyone was okay. I mean, there were some minor injuries, I believe. But um, so the school has worked to not, you know, to put up signs to say don't block the driveway, and they've instructed people. You know, they've got flyers that go into their um, the parent handbook and all that kind of stuff that tell people not to, to block that driveway, uh, but it's still a bit of a problem. So it's not a golden uh, silver bullet here or anything, but if we could stack people up on Progress more than Main Street, that would be great. And so there's width on Progress Road to be able to fit three lanes in there. Right now it's not even striped at all. It's, there's no center stripe, which is like a lot of our residential streets. But there's enough width to squeeze in two lanes headed north and one headed south. And so um, what this would allow people to do is come in here and then stack up two by two and then do a zipper merge at the end. And um, hopefully that doesn't cause any road rage and, <laughs> and we'll see how it goes. But again, this is one of those things we'd love to try. And, you know, worst case scenario is, you know, grind it off and try again. But... Um, you know, it's again, it's not going to solve the problem completely, but I think it could really reduce that that stack on the main street, um, and not only reduce the length of it, but reduce the amount of time that it is out there, and uh, hopefully, it can help alleviate.
alleviate some of the problems. And the school no district has reviewed this and is in full support, by the way. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, but I think it's the same directional issue, right? Because uh, once you get your kid, or once you've dropped your kid off, you're out the door. You don't, you don't, you're not stacking up waiting, right? So heading south is always a one-lane proposition. There's never a backup heading south. I shouldn't say never. Will the school clerk practice your zippering? <laughs> you know, <laughs> do the zipper merge? We can certainly ask merge. them to put up something like that, yeah. Train the kids early. <laughs> Train moms and dads early. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but the kids are exposed I see, early. I see, I yeah. see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm good. Thank you. All right. Um, do we have a motion approving the striping contract for Progress Road and Commerce Drive? So moved. Do we have a motion? Do we have a second? Second. We have a motion and second. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. All right, thank you. Okay, moving into new business. New business item number one is Centennial Lakes Police Department 2024 budget. Administrative thoughts. Now, Mr. Mayor and Council, um, what you have in front of you tonight here is the proposed budget for the 2024 Centennial Lakes Police Department. Um, it includes the addition of an, uh, one more officer, and um, and the plan is uh, that if we get a grant, uh, we would add two officers. So the grant would essentially cover the cost of one officer. Um, it's a little bit more complicated than that, but in simple terms, you can think of it that way. So the plan is that if we don't get a grant, we would just get one officer. If we get the grant, we would get two. Um, the grant is a sort of a three-year cycle, and then you have to keep an officer for a fourth year, if I recall correctly, um, just as a condition of the grant so that there's no clawback of those funds. And so it is something that's um, not a, just a one-time deal. We're looking at this as a permanent um, change to our police department to add this additional officer or potentially two. Um, other changes in the budget are some one-time expenditures for some capital stuff. Um, the gate at the police station is 25 years old and it's starting to not work very well. Kind of a problem when police officers can't get out of the, <laughs> the gated area that they're in. Um, and then obviously there's some broken up concrete out front that needs to get repaired. So the reason we're putting those capital expenditures on this year is because we have some of this state funding for um, police departments and public safety. And so we thought it was a wise time to do some of those um, capital projects. Um, otherwise, it's, it's sort of fairly typical uh, public safety type um, expenditure uh, increases for salaries, step increases, um, and those type of things, benefits. Otherwise, um, I think those were kind of the highlights of the, the budget, and staff's recommendation is to approve this budget. Obviously, we have a closed session later in the agenda to address uh, the police formula, right. and I would encourage the, the council to look at that as a totally separate issue. Um, this budget was approved by the police governing board on a unanimous vote, six to nothing. And um, barring any changes to the formula, this is the budget for 2024. Or barring um, one of the 
members not approving the budget, and um, you know that, that's uh, a temporary and, and um, uh, a process that plays out if one person doesn't, or one uh, city does not approve the budget. Um, but from our perspective, um, I think the council is satisfied with the existing formula. They're certainly open to talk about uh, a change in the formula, but if there was no change, we would be fine with the way it is. And so that's what's presented here is the budget and uh, distribution of the cost of the, the, the department based on the existing formula. So I don't see any reason not to approve this budget as it's presented. Comments, Darren? No, nope, nope. Russ? None, Mr. Mayor. Thank you. All right. All right. All right. I don't have any questions or comments either. Um, I would entertain a motion for approval of the Centennial Lakes Police Department budget for 2024. I'll make a motion. Do we have a motion. Do we have a second? Second. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. All right. Resolution 23-0XX setting the 2024 preliminary budget and general fund levy. Mark, are you just throwing the baton over to Bruce? I will throw the baton to Bruce. The virtual baton. The virtual baton, yes. I will try to speak up since I don't have a microphone here. What? Or you can come to the podium if you wish. Yeah, that may be better, Bruce, if you came to the podium. Get that surgically prepared knee. Uh -oh. Yeah, the camera is not following you, so that's <laughs> probably why. I'll bring all my backup material with me here. Good evening, Mayor and Council members. I'm happy to uh, present the preliminary uh, budget to you. And uh, we have two changes from the last time that we met back in August. One of those is adding uh, just under $5,000 to the uh, amount of the police to make it a nice round $160,000 increase. And the other is adding uh, $50,000 worth of revenue. Um, City Administrator Stats asked me to review the uh, interest and I've been a little gun-shy on that, considering what's happened with uh, mark-to-market and our losses in the past couple of years. But I think we're probably on a little more stable path with interest rates. So I went back and did an analysis, and we ran this at very conservative numbers. So we took our cash balances from 2022 for the full year, and analyze that uh, to see what the average balance was in the general fund. And then we said, we're not going to have all of our funds invested at a high rate all the time because we have to have some money on hand for cash flow purposes. Um, and we're also going to be a little bit conservative on the interest rate. So we budgeted this at 75% of the average cash balance. and percent interest rate. Currently, uh, we're earning 5%, maybe even over on some of our investments. So that would be a 20% drop and 25% uh, uh, less on our cash flow. 
And using that analysis, it looks like the total is just under $65,000. We had $15,000 in the budget, so we added $50,000 to the budget. And uh, by doing that, it dropped our um, overall levy increase down to a 3% level. So we have 3.5% increase in the tax levy in the general fund. But because we have our debt service levy of $308,000, which is a reduction of just under $3,000 from last year, the overall effect is a 3% uh, increase over 2023 for the 2024 budget. I think we're very uh, pleased with this result based off of uh, what I've heard from other communities in Boca County. We are probably uh, among the lowest increase in, in the county, uh, certainly in the bottom 20% of communities. So with that, uh, we'll take any questions that you may have, and uh, we recommend uh, approval of the preliminary budget as presented. All right. So we've talked about this over a few different months, but we'll see if any council members have any questions. We'll start with you next. I was <clears throat> thumbing through this, and of course, just a question. Um, I don't even see a page number in here, but it says under Public Works. It says antenna leases. Is that how they do the water billing now? That with all no, that's the um, T-Mobile antenna that's on our water tower. So that's a revenue that we get. That's oh, okay. thirty thousand dollars comes to us. I was reading it wrong then. So it's a revenue. Oh, yep. No concern. <laughs> I thought I thought we finally went to the no we, water. No, we don't yet have the. Uh, Ted just talked to me about that today. Actually, that uh, Lionel Lakes is looking to go to that antenna-based system. Right now, we have a a, uh, a radio read that doesn't require the guy to go each house to house. We just sort of drive around the city, right. and we get close enough, and it get it harvests all the readings. Oh. Um, but there's a now a system out there. You just basically have one antenna in town, and it can read any time. All day, every day. So, I thought we talked about that a couple while ago. Yeah, um, we talked about trying. You know, thinking about it, we were looking at doing a partnership with Lionel oh, Lakes okay. to share the cost of it. But Lionel's going to plow ahead on their own. We're Ted and I just talked today about. Is that expensive? Seeing, um, you know, it is and it isn't. It it is if you don't have a good reason to do it. I mean, it's it's not any more expensive than the system we have now. But we have a system now that's working just fine. And all it takes is a guy driving around the city for a couple hours, and he's done. It's not a three-day task like it used to be when you had to send a guy, you know, to get within five feet of the thing, and you know. So it really doesn't take our folks very long to do it. So the rate on return on investment's a little low, iffy. But if we were to partner with, as I recall, when we did this analysis maybe two years ago, it wasn't a good idea if we were doing it by ourselves. But if we could partner with Lionel and split the cost, then it made some sense, you know. Gotcha. Okay, I thought that's what that was for. It's like, did we finally do that? No, no. But reading wrong. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Russ? Yeah, Mr. Mayor, um, I'm going to probably go out on a somewhat of a dangerous um, limb here, maybe. But, you know, I was kind of had it in my mind for a 4.6 percent levy increase and um, now that's come down a little bit 
I have some concerns with the cost of our public safety um, going up. We, we are in need of, a, of two fire trucks. We had a, an emergency uh, fire steering committee meeting last night and we're looking for a used fire truck and it's going to cost a half a million bucks. We need a second fire truck. Um, we got to figure out how to pay for that. Um, cost of, of police and everything is going up in public safety. My concern is we have, what, a $171,000 grant this year toward our 2023 budget to pay for some of these increased public safety costs. My concern is, and I brought this up with Bruce in, a, in an email, um, and he did uh, explain some of that, and I think there were some questions that were left um, open, and, and Bruce, unfortunately, I didn't have enough time to pour through. I read everything you sent me, but some of your graphs here, I didn't have enough time to get through that, but um, my concern would be we're getting $171,000 <coughs> in 2023, um, or excuse me, 2024, to offset some of our increase in public safety. What do we do in 2025? We're not, we may not get that again, and chances are we're we not, not going to get it again. So we're going to be reliant on this $170,000 today or next year, <clears throat> and that's going to be gone for 2025. My concern would be, I, <clears throat> over the years, I think this city has been, and councils have been really good at avoiding spikes in our tax levy. You know, we're not going 2% one year and 10% another year. We're not all, all over the board. Do we have an opportunity here? Again, I had that in my mind, four and a half, four point six percent. Do we have an opportunity here to put a little way in the bank to cover some of these costs of our, of our upcoming fire trucks and public safety needs? Mm -hmm. And I don't know how we would do that. Is there a way that is there if we were to do that, where would such funds would go, Bruce? What would they go in just in the general fund? Would they go in what would what would we do with those? CIP? Well, um, what uh, we've discussed as your management team is that uh, for 2025, we would recommend a combination of multiple sources to, to try and offset a portion of that $170,000 loss. Uh, the first thing that uh, we did, uh, we talked about a little bit last time, was that we have planned decreases in our debt service levy of about $25,000 a year. We did not do that for this year purposely. We changed the uh, adjustment that we were going to make. And so we've got about a $3,000 decrease. That leads to a much higher available drop in the property tax levy for 2025. Uh, we're budgeted at about uh, $52,000, $53,000 for that levy decrease in 2025. So that's going to partially offset that. The other thing that seems to make sense is that we have <coughs> funds left in our 3,000, our 309 debt service fund, which was for the joint police facility that we had issued in 2012. We've got about $62,000 there, and we 
have not identified any specific use for that money. So it seems that since it was originally generated for public safety, it makes sense to use it to help offset the loss of the public safety grant. Now, if you add in interest from 2023 and 2024, say around $2,000 a year, you'll be up to about $66,000 there. That's almost $120,000 that we have available in 2025 to help offset the loss of the $170,000 grant. Yes, that still means that you've got $51,000 that you'd have to levy in addition to our normal increases in order to balance that out. Uh, I took a look at it quickly uh, this afternoon after uh, I had a chance to review uh, Councilmember Kosky's questions and, uh, and look at things. And I thought, well, if we were to increase the levy, we could go up another $25,000 from where we are. That still leaves you at an overall 3.9% levy increase, which given the inflationary background that we're in and everything, is still very reasonable. And it gives you some additional cushion adding to your reserves this year or in 2024 that could be used in 2025 to help balance that. Um, so you mentioned the $60,000 in the uh, 309 fund for police. That's because we paid that off, right? Correct. Okay. So then uh, local government aid was another uh, question that I had because we have $25,000 for 2023. $25,315 in LGA. We don't know what 2024 will, or 2025 will bring. Um, I'm going to go on the assumption that we're not going to get $25,000 in 2025. So there again, we've got a little bit of makeup to do. Um, the other thought I had, I mean, we look at um, the cost even of, of staff and uh, providing the good services and great services we do in our city. Um, but they're going up 82000 almost $83,000 for 2024. So what I guess I'm getting at here is these numbers keep are going, going, going. And a lot of it's personnel, a lot of it's cost of equipment. We've got budgeted here on our uh, depreciation schedule for a couple of plow trucks and city pickup trucks. And those numbers we have budgeted, those things, they're gone. I mean, those things have probably at least 30% minimum increase in, from what we have scheduled, right? So my thought is, what do we do? I don't, I don't want to, you know, and our job is to do a 2024 budget, but I think it would be somewhat irresponsible if, for not bringing this up. What is that? How are these costs going to affect 2025, 2026, 2027, or whatever? Um, so I just wanted to throw this out here and thank you very much for all the information that was very helpful um, and throw this out to the council. What do we do about these rapidly rising um, increases in salaries and equipments in, in police and fire public safety? How do we how do we address that? Do we have an opportunity here? Believe me, I don't like saying this, but instead of going to a three and a half, we go to a 3.9 or a four or something. 
that's the seat that always does it. That's, that's you know, that's I, what I, Linda I, used to I, sit. I mean, forget I am not feeling comfortable in this seat tonight. I've never sat over on this side, and then I'm in Steve's chair. So um, I, I guess I'm somewhat honored, but I'm somewhat saddened by it, too. So, um, but yeah, and I think I would be, I wish Steve were here right now to comment and, and let me know what he, his take is on this, and is that responsible to do that? And that's my question, I mean, to staff, to Bruce, to council. What do you think about that? Bruce, do you have comments? I have some thoughts, but you're a finance guy. Um, our job as staff is to present you with alternatives and try and lay out the pros and cons and let you as a council decide. Okay. You know, yes, um, there will be more impact on the community if you decide to levy some additional funds this year. This is a great year to do it because we have new tax capacity coming on. It's going to mitigate that impact on the residential properties. And, um, you know, I, I, I guess I applaud uh, Councilmember Koski for coming up with the uh, idea and, and really having the foresight. But, I mean, that's why we're in such great shape. That's why we got the bond rating increase. It's because you guys really do have a lot of foresight and a lot of care about managing said very properly that we want to be very conservative on how we levy for property tax payments to repay bonds. In this state, we have a 105% levy requirement. So if you have $100,000 that you have to pay in the following year, you have to levy $105,000 for it. Over the years, all that extra 5% adds up, and that's how we get these fundamental left at the end of time. So we will have another 50-something thousand dollars in that debt service issue that would be available for 2026. Thank you. All right. Well, I'll share some of my thoughts. I know I asked Bruce about, I asked Bruce a very similar question. I maybe didn't go into the extreme detail that you went into, but I went, whoa, wait a second, 171 is one-time money. How are we going to fix that? And I think I asked that back in June or something like that. I was like, 2025, we're going to be in trouble. And you said, oh, no, 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 we have some other things in play. So, I, I mean, I feel comfortable about 2025. 2026, I don't feel as comfortable um, because part of the money that's going to offset 2025 is one-time money. I think we're going to be fine in LGA. I don't think, I think LGA is only going to get better for us unless our financial situation in our city suddenly 
kicks us out again. But uh, I don't think they're going to let it dry up again on us. Think. I think. <laughs> I'm not going to guarantee St. Paul, but I think we're okay. Um, the other thing that gives me a lot of hope, though, is in 2029, we're out of debt. So, you know... So, so really what, it, what I'm looking at is, is in 2026, as we're working on, or whoever sits here, working on that budget, you know, wants to put more money into our capital fund for trucks and plows and things of that nature, I think that's wise. Or even next year's budget. Um, because if we add in more money this year, I think we need to figure out where we want to put it. I don't think we just want to say we want an unbalanced budget for extra. I mean, are we going to put it in our capital fund, or are we going to do something else? <clears throat> to just say we're going to budget an extra 0.5 for our general fund, well, then we're budgeting an unbalanced budget. So I, I don't know that I feel great about doing that necessarily, but if we say, hey, our capital fund's a little short, we want to put money into that, I think this is the perfect opportunity to do that. that this is the time to do that. Mr. Um, Mayor, if, if I may. Yes, uh, please. If, if we were to go with Councilmember Kosky's proposal in, in some way, shape, or form, staff would absolutely recommend that it go into the capital equipment replacement okay. fund. Which is exactly what yeah. I was thinking. Okay. Um, so, so really, I, I feel good about 2024. I honestly feel good about 2025. 2026 is quite a ways out, but I, I agree with you. We need to think about that. And it's one of the reasons we get little graphs like that because I said before, hey, let's take that look into the future so that we don't do this. Because I, I, I've never wanted to do that. That's not fair to our to our citizens. The other good news that we have, though, and we're not counting that right now, is our, as Bruce said, our tax capacity is growing quite tremendously. And I understand, I don't, well, I don't fully understand, but I understand partially that we don't get all of that money. There is there's sharing, but it still helps us mostly because they are in our city. So um, those are the other pieces of the puzzle where, you know, I can look at our neighbors and say, yes, our levy's going up by three percent, three point five percent, whichever way we want to vote tonight. But the impact on the individual homes should not, because I know some properties get different. Bruce trained me over all these years. Well, <laughs> you got to be careful. Um, some properties get different things. So I don't know if that helps at all. I, I'm not opposed to it. I just, I'm not as worried about 2024. I feel like we're in good shape right now. Yeah, and, and thank you, Mr. Mayor. And I, I agree. And, and that's the whole thing. Um, we don't know for sure what um, revenues will be from the new businesses on the commercial side and all know the levy revenues um, even on the residential side so we do, I don't know what that number is going to be but mark you're gonna have to remind me again but what's on the commercial side you know I think there's this perception that hey great we got more business co coming in our, our tax capacity is going up our revenue is going to go up um, yes but some of that on the commercial side mark what is that called where 40 percent got to be shared and what you were referring mm -hmm. to Ms. Mayor? fiscal disparities fiscal yeah. disparities so you're not going to realize all of that either. Right. And so as you were alluding to, too, Mr. Mayor, and, and that, I think, 
Um, who knows what tomorrow is going to bring, but exactly where I was thinking about with our capital uh, fund is to put anything extra that may that we may have for those reasons on the equipment. Um, and, you know, my concern is, yeah, we have our debt service in 2029 is going to be gone, and I, I did have that in the back of my mind also, but I can't help but to think what's around the corner that's going to re replace that. What's the next, what's the <laughs> next thing? Because like, we're doing it on fire right now because right. we don't have any bonds uh, that we're paying off on fire, but we may because we need a million dollars in fire trucks. So, um, and the one we're going to buy is going to pretty much clean us out. So, you know, I guess that's my concern. We have an opportunity here um, that I just want to really throw that out there to the group. And if I don't know if we need to leave this till the next meeting or have a special meeting, I think it's certainly worth it. But I would be okay with going with the three nine and taking the the extra funds and putting them wisely into the capital improvement fund. I mean, Mr. Mayor, as you're uh, saying, you're going to say what I think you're going to say, <laughs> which is that tonight uh, the um, well, by the end of September, we need to pass a uh, preliminary levy, and um, the, the best part about the preliminary levy is, is you can aim high and come down. The bad part is you can't go up. Right. So if there's an inkling that we may want to consider Councilmember Kosky's uh, proposal, I think the time to just err on the side of caution and, and take it into account is now. Um, and then, you know, if later on you think, well, maybe we don't need that, then you can get rid of it. They can't add his proposal in after September. And so we're, staff is fully prepared to, uh, as Bruce said, he could probably get it done before the end of the meeting <laughs> if you wanted to revise the resolution or you just make a motion to approve the resolution with the additional 25000 we would um, prepare that very easily. So, Or whatever number. You, I didn't mean to put a number in anyone's head, but um, yeah. That's what I thought he was going to say, so yeah. yeah. All right. I'm not surprised either. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I, I actually did have a couple of quick questions myself. So from a capital fund, and one's derived off of Russ's, when we go out and buy a truck, do we purely pull that from the capital fund, or do we do the same thing that we do with some of the other things and say, well, you know, a part of this truck is for water, and a part of this truck is for... Thank you for asking that, Mr. Mayor. <laughs> Bruce or I could jump in, but I'm going to do it first because I, I really want to talk about this. Uh, last year during the budget cycle. We, we brought this issue to you folks about the idea that the, right now the water and the sewer fund and the stormwater fund are not contributing, correct, to the capital fund. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that those utilities use the equipment that's in that capital fund, right? And I'll generalize, but the council kind of said, ah, I don't know, that feels like cheating kind of, you know, I mean, it kind of feels like we're cooking the books to make the general fund look better. And I, I can't tell you how I couldn't disagree with that more. It's just, it is, it is, and it, it's done all the time. Don't get me wrong. I, I see cities trying to do that to make it, the general fund feel a little better. They push things to the sewer line. That, this is not that at all. I mean, it is 100% clear that the sewer and water and stormwater departments use those trucks probably more than the general right. operations of the city. And so to not have some contribution from the sewer and water funds, um, it, it, I think it's a bit of a, a mistake. And I think that's something we can look at next budget cycle um, as we maybe refine that CIP a little bit, maybe to cushion some of the, the blow of the inflationary costs that are probably going to loom large in that CIP. Maybe the addition of some funds from the sewer and water funds 
um, to that capital would be a way to cushion that. So I was thinking. <laughs> I should have just let you finish. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, you, you jumped all over it. So no, that that's that's what I thought you might say, and yeah. it was right along with why I asked the question. The the only other question I had was I noticed the lowering of PNZ Professional Services of four thousand dollars for matching recent experiences. And I'm just curious, is that because we're short a PNZ member and have been for a while? And to me, if that's the case, then I'm saying don't do that because I, I'm very hopeful that we're going to get people in here and be a part of our city. But do you tell me if, that's, if I'm reading that line item incorrectly? Uh, the reason that we reduced that is because we do not have the same level of expenditures based off of all of the development that went on okay. here in the past couple of years. So it's not... Even though those are intended to be pass-through costs, there are a lot of circumstances where we end up having planning fees or attorney fees that are beyond what the escrow <coughs> probably requires. You know, sometimes a developer comes in and says, "I want to develop this piece of property," and we realize, "Well, we're really not set up yet to do that," or you know, um, and so I'll have. Well, I mean, I'll, uh, for instance, would be Block Seven, right? Mm -hmm. We're not gonna. We got some things going on there that are our own that we. So we weren't going to include some of the, so Century had an escrow, we had them pay for our planners and our attorney, but when they pulled out, Kurt called me and said, well, should I stop work? And I said, no, we got to get to the finish line because we were negotiating with the county on the CDBG funds, right? right. So we're not going to stop doing that because Centra is done. We wanted to get that to the finish line to make sure we're set for the next one. So um, there, there's costs in there that are not passed through costs. But those have gone down, like you say, because we just haven't had a lot of development. So. Okay. All right. Um, I don't think I had anything else. I have other things floating in my head, but nothing that is pressing at this moment. R Russ, being that this is our preliminary budget, I think it's a good idea for us to, as, as Mark noted, entertain the suggestion because then that gives us an opportunity to actually think about it until December. We can always come back in December and go, no, we're okay, and not add it in. But and I don't want to, like Mark didn't want to, I don't want to put words in your mouth either, but are you proposing instead of a 3% a increase of the total tax levy, a 4% increase for a round number, and then, you know, that allows us at least into the, um, was it December 13th or 15th or whatever that was in December to make a final? Uh, Mr. Mayor, that's exactly where I was going with it. And, and if I may comment on uh, Administrator Stott's comment about um, funding um, capital improvement. Um, I thought we were already doing that out of the sewer and water fund, to be honest with you. No. I thought we had done that. No, we, we definitely pay, you know, uh, salaries. Uh, yeah. There's, yeah. there's expenditures that you know, all of our employees are in our public works department have a percentage of their um, salaries and benefits that get divvied up between different right. funds, including the general fund. But the the straight up contribution to the capital fund is not. There's no contribution from the utilities to that. I I would think that would be a reasonable thing to do. And for some reason, because we did it with salaries and whatnot, I thought we did it with equipment. So I yeah. okay. Um, 
Yeah, I would propose that instead of the three and a half that Bruce has on there, that we bump it to four. And as we um, have some time to think about this and consider it, uh, at least we can always come down. We just can't go back up. So um, rather to do that, rather than that, to help avoid a bunch of spikes all over the place, um, yeah, I, I would prefer that we, we pad it just a little bit. Boy, I don't like saying that, especially being in this chair. I'm, I'm going to be in trouble. When I walk out that door, lightning's going to get me or something. All right. Um, was, was that a motion, Russ? Hold yeah. on a second. Can I ask a question before you? Well, I, go ahead. just clarify. Was it a motion? Because we can always have further discussion, even if it was a motion. Uh, yes, I will make a motion to. Well, um, you just said it all. If it oh, was a motion, just say. It's a motion. That sir. was a motion. All right. Okay. Second for further discussion. We have a second. Further discussion. Further discussion, though, sorry. Yeah. So it, is it a dollar amount we're going after or a percentage of how much more we want to tuck away in the capital fund? I, I kind of thought it was $25,000, then I thought it was bringing from 35 to 4%. Is it a dollar amount or a percentage? In this case, it would be a percentage. percentage. And what does that equal in dollars, roughly? Oh, roughly, it doesn't have to be. About 27000 which is the general fund levy increase, mm -hmm. and we have 3% for the overall levy increase when you put the debt service in there. Right. Are we proposing to go to 4% on the overall levy number? Because that's significantly larger than going from 35 to 4% in the general fund. Clarification on the motion? Uh, Thank you for that. I was looking at, now if I can get my computer to, at the general fund levy is what I was considering. So this three and a half here would change to four, this three would change to roughly three and a half. Is that your understanding as well? I mean roughly, so right? Do. Yeah. Do. So that would not yes. be I'm sorry, one, one quick second. Was that your understanding as well? Yeah, I thought it was written somewhere else. I was just trying to find that. Okay, so we have clarification. It was overall. The general fund. So, yes. Okay. I'm, I'm hearing Councilman Murkowski say just on the general fund. I'm hearing Councilmember uh, Taylor say on the overall. Was it your understanding that we're going from 3.5 to 4 or 3 to 4? 3.5 to 4. Yes. So they're they're on the same yes. page. All right. Thank you. So Bruce, uh, now we got both council members declaring their motion. So then, if we're doing that. So take it from 27 to 40, approximately. 27. No, I'm saying into the capital fund. Currently 27,000, right? Oh, no. uh, number right? Capital fund transfer right now is 88,000. 88,000. Where'd I get 27? Yeah, so, so if you go up a little bit higher. So about 101. Operating transfers, 
we're budgeted to go up $2,600 from $285 to $288. Yeah. And so we would increase that by, I'll, I'll, I'll just say $13,000. So bumping it up to about hundred grand to answer your question comes from the motion. I thought we were bumping it up twenty-five grand. <laughs> well, you know what? We can entertain that, right? And well, we can go up that down. So we might as. What would that be? About four point three. We would go then off the. Um, we would go off the total levy, then not just the general fund levy. So this this three and a half would go to four and a half. This three would go to four. In rough terms, yes. or, or exact terms, if you want. So and then I put twenty seven in the and that's, bank, and that's in the yeah, more more like twenty seven ish. Yeah. Okay. Is that accurate? Uh, I did an half, and half a percent is twelve five seventy one. So yeah, so an additional half a percent. Right, be an additional half. About five. Four off. If you guys want to change your motion in second, that would be. Yeah, I, I would like to amend that motion to uh, increase the proposed levy by $25,000, whatever that percentage may be, um, on the. It would still pertain to the general levy? Yeah. Yep. To the general levy? Obviously, it affects the total levy too, then, right? Yeah. Yep. Would you accept, accept that motion? Accept the friendly amendment. All right, so we have a new motion and a new amendment on the table. Any further discussion? All right. Um, from my chair, I guess what this allows us to do is it gives us that time to look at that potential discussion about um, using the water fund and the sewer fund for those funds instead, if that's what we want to do. So it gives us a little bit more time that Bruce doesn't have to try to do it from the podium and figure those numbers out. Um, we can have it at a future work session just so that we have a a great bill if this is where we want to go in December. All right. Any other discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. I guess we'll have to have a new printout for me to sign. Okay. That gets us to new business item number three, YMCA donation request. Ministry stats. Um, Mr. Mayor and Council, uh, we had a request from the YMCA of Forest Lake, um, and, and specifically um, one of our Planning Commission members who is on the board there, I believe, uh, brought this to our attention that um, you know the YMCA is doing a lot of great things in our community, and um, I think you know they're kind of on a campaign to increase awareness. And um, he just thought you know maybe it would be um, op you know an opportune time to come to the city and request a, a small donation. The Parks Committee. Um, Unanimously, unanimously approved a um, request for two hundred fifty thousand. Two hundred no. <laughs> two hundred and fifty dollars from the Park Direct budget. Um, they were hopeful that the council would find two hundred fifty dollars elsewhere in their general fund expenditures to um, go towards this. Well, we talked with Kurt about the um, legality of this, and he's given us the okay that this is a public purpose. Um, YMCA does everything from 
meals. Um, I know, Mr. Mayor, uh, hunger was a, a thing that you wanted to address in, in your um, kind of strategic plan goals. And um, obviously, the other traditional things we think about with the Y, which is an exercise facility and a place for youth gathering and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it is a nice facility. Um, and it is um, one of the closer ones to us. Obviously, the Lionel Lakes one had some issues, and it's kind of um, being reimagined now as the Rookery. Um, but we think the Forest Lake one's an excellent partner as well, and so staff is recommending that we uh, make a small donation of a total of $500 to uh, the YMCA and Forest Lake. All right. Questions or comments by council? One quick question yes, is, uh, you know, and I'm not trying to be... Uh, what are we looking to gain from doing this? Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a lot like uh, the Alexander House that we donate to. So the Alexander House is a, a, shatter, a shelter for battered women. Um, what we're gaining by this is recognizing that and supporting an organization that provides services that we might otherwise have to or, or feel compelled to um, provide as a city um, or, or even as a government in general. Maybe the county provides some of these, but... If we can help support these private organizations that or nonprofits that um, support these tasks, it, it, it's a more efficient way for government to do that by a simple donation as opposed to trying to have our own government program for these things. So rather than us, as a, you know, a lot of bigger cities might have a rec center, right? We don't have that. A lot of other cities might have a, a, a program for um, youth hunger or, or something of that nature shelters for battered women, all those kind of things. I'm not saying the YMCA does that, but the but Alexander House, right? So there's a lot of those things that we kind of support um, our donation to the History Center, right? We don't have our own history department. So when we see these other organizations that support the common interests of, of government, um, rather than trying to reinvent all those things ourselves, a donation sometimes is an appropriate way to support those causes. I mean, do we get like uh, this little Hugo flag up there? Recognition? You know, I'm just asking. Are we getting I, recognition of? Um, I, I don't know. Kind? I don't know. We can certainly ask that question. Yeah. I'm not sure what. Maybe there's a donation level that the. Just asking. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean. Just wanted to see what we were. Yeah. We, we can certainly ask that question. Yeah. I, I guess from my chair, a couple of concerns I have. Obviously, they're not in our city. Um, secondarily, they're not in our county. Yeah. Um, and I would be hopeful because the way the memo read was Park and Rec wants to partner with them, and I think that's great. And if we're able to do that and we see them involved in our community, then I'm perfectly fine over the next year, whether that's in our parade or, you know, coming to any events or whatever, you know, just seeing that YMCA. Because I have, not that I've seen every person that's ever involved in our city do everything, but I've not seen the YMCA yep. previously. So I, if there are members of our community that utilize that YMCA, I think that's great. It, it wouldn't cross my mind. I did use the one in Lino, but once it got away from Lino, I, I don't know. I don't know why my brain didn't say, yeah, go to Forest Lake, because it, it's only six miles away. But, you know, $500, that's not going to drive um, taxes up by a, a tremendous amount as we just finished talking about taxes but I would want to see the dividends of it just because you know we see what Alexander House does and that's very potential and it's but it's within our county so hopefully we can see that and like Councilmember Mosier said 
if they can send us a picture of a flag, I mean, you know, we have a picture of the Hugo flag in our minutes. It, <laughs> I'm just saying, I just was wondering what we're getting. It's 55038, but it, it's not us. Yeah, and, and Mr. Mayor, I, if I may comment and appreciate what you said, and you're bringing up some really good points, uh, I was slightly surprised to see that 97 uh, contracted members do reside in Center Mill. And that, I don't know why that surprised me, but it did a little bit, because yes. maybe because it's in Forest Lake, and I would have thought there's something closer, but I don't know that. Um, so otherwise, my first reaction, why are we throwing $500 at Forest Lake, right? So, um, but after reading that, it makes a little more sense, <coughs> and I'd be willing to give it a whirl. And I think you're making a good point, where it's the engagement in the community. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, but Mark had a very good explanation there, too. Mm -hmm. it can, they can provide some programs that we are not able to provide, right. and it's helping folks. And so I, I like that. And uh, not only that, I think uh, Mr. Thompson's got a, just an, a very extravagant signature there. I, uh, that one, like, wow, way to go, Bruce. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Well, who knows? It, maybe it'll be a, a future Centerville Cares topic. So there we go. What, right. what they can help our community members with. All right. With that, I would entertain a motion um, for approval of the YMCA donation request. So moved. We have a motion. Do we have a second? Second. Motion and second. Any further discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed by the same sign. Motion carries. All right. We're going to move into our. Council and Administrator announcements and updates. Administrator Stats. Um, yeah, just a couple things to highlight from our Administrator's report. Obviously, um, the passing of Mr. King um, was a, a, a big event here over the last month. And um, certainly, again, we all echo, um, I think we all echoed the same sort of themes about Steve and, and what a unique individual he was. And um, he'll be very deeply missed by our community. Um, hard to believe, a, you know, community member that's been in, in our city for that long, and having lived, when I was talking with Donna at the, at the funeral, she mentioned that I knew that they had met at the Southern Rail there, which was used to be the trio. What I didn't know is that they, they actually used to live in a house across the street from where they are. Mm -hmm. So they basically lived in and met and entertained themselves in a one block radius for the last 50 years, which is just <laughs> incredible. So, um, I want to uh, point out that the corridor study, the CASA 54 corridor study, had a very nice turnout at an open house here. Um, we had, the room was packed. I, I don't know if it meant 71 persons as the max occupancy, but we were getting close. Um, and really good input from folks. If, if you haven't yet, uh, please visit their website and give your input. Um, it, it's a nice little tool you can, you can put a little tag, like a pin, drop a pin on something and make a comment. Um, so we're hoping to get lots of public input, heard from lots of businesses, and um, we're able to engage with a lot of citizens as well in, um, in the community on that, on that uh, in both in our community and Lionel Lakes. It's, a, it's very much a shared resource between us and Lionel Lakes, and so there's lots of input from both sides and um, interesting perspectives from, from citizens. So um, we have open board positions, obviously, on uh, planning and zoning and park and rec, and obviously at the, at the next council meeting we will be discussing um, the vacancy that Mr. King has, has left for us here and how to approach that. So we'll, we'll address that um, head on next next meeting. Uh, as you see, the History Niche has um, got a really cool display 
um, about scouting. And we've got sort of a, another 3D, 3D dimension to it in the corner there. And, um, it's just a really cool um, display and I hope lots of people get a chance to visit. A movie in the Park is coming up uh, on the 16th. That's this weekend on Saturday. Hopefully folks can get out to see that. We have our Trunk or Treat event that is also coming up here. Park and Rec is partnering with the, um, the community outreach uh, section of the school district for a, a nice little event there. It's a 5K and a, a trick or treat event or a trunk or treat event. So I've never been to one of those yet. They line up some cars with some treats in them and the kids go around and get their candy out of the trunk of the car. So um, Very cool last year. Yeah, uh, Centerville Cares uh, this month is about, or this time around, is about uh, National Recovery Month. Um, you know, we talked about opioid addiction last time, and uh, this one is about um, recovering from some of those uh, addictions. Our sidewalks um, are being replaced around town. We have a lot of uh, work going on around town with that. Uh, they've made good progress. If you've noticed this strange ladder hanging from the water tower, that's our our intrepid uh, water tower paint repair guy. He's been up there when it's not 98 degrees <laughs> and or wind and rain and you know whatever else the elements throw at him. He's been up there as, as often as he can. Um, he's grinding off some of the chipped up paint and that kind of stuff and then gonna be patching in that paint back um, in the next couple days here. He should be done within a week or so, I think, um, if the weather holds. So grateful that that is getting done. Um, Got another couple of items that will be coming in front of you. We've got a, um, Anoka County is going to be reconstructing their road out to the park, out to their campsite there, which is in our city for a portion and then heads out into Lionel Lakes. They're looking at using Mound Trail as a detour route, um, and so we're going back and forth on that, whether or not that's going to be feasible for us. Um, it would save the project a lot of money, we think, and um, so I wanted to keep our um, minds open on that because even though it might be a, uh, an inconvenience for our folks um, on Mound Trail, it may be something that we should um, try to be a partner with the county and help save uh, a significant amount of money. So we're researching, we're having the county research what, how much money that will save them. If it's 10,000 bucks, probably not worth it. If it's 100,000 bucks, that might be worth our partnership there. Um, so we're negotiating back and forth on that issue to see if there's something that can be mutually beneficial there. Parking lot lights have been ordered. We're, like a lot of things, we're just waiting for them to show up. Um, our governing board um, uh, met and as I, for the police department, and as I mentioned, we did approve the budget, and um, we're planning another meeting in November, and potentially one um, a little bit earlier if we get something worked out with the police formula. Centennial Fire District, of course, is hiring, and um, I know that uh, SBM, our partners, have hired a new recruitment specialist, and she has done wonderful things for them. In fact, they had to actually shut down taking applications. They have so many applications, really? and so guess what? She's on to working for us a little bit, so SBM is going to share that resource with us and try to um, do a little bit of a campaign here in Centerville and, and Circle Pines to bolster our um, department. Our departments both have adequate staffing right now, but could use a couple extra. And um, so we're excited to have that resource available to us. Again, it's another great 
um, reason that partnership with Blaine um, or SBM is working so well. Still lots of interest on in the Block 7 property. We did correspond with Kennedy Property Development. We're going to bring that proposal to you at a work session next, um, next meeting. Uh, I think they've got an interesting proposal for you. 1737 continues to work through their um, due diligence period there and is looking to try to um, figure out a way forward there. Um, like everybody, budgets are tight and construction costs aren't going down fast enough uh, and interest rates continue to rise. So making it the financial squeeze a little tougher for them. We had a nice grand opening here at um, Connor James Salon uh, in downtown. A nice group of people there to celebrate that. Looks like it's going to be a successful business. Uh, the Lalonde property uh, west of the school there is continuing forward. That will, um, you'll see that on your agenda in the near future, trying to um, work through the potential for tax increment financing um, as a development tool there. Um, we think we have something reasonable worked out with them that we can propose to the council to see if um, something is palatable um, in terms of a, a development uh, agreement there. And uh, still in the early stages of that, we want to try to work out those sort of um, deal breaker issues first, right, before we get into the minutia of the layout of everything. Um, otherwise, the other development type stuff in town is, is fairly mundane. Um, you, if you've been around town, you'll notice that the Mac storage building is popping up and they're about to start the brickwork on that. And um, at least we've got the framing up, the roofs up, and I'm sure they're actively trying to um, get those leased, leased up. So. With that, I would open it up to any questions. Any questions for Mark? All right. Thank you, Mark. I'm all discombobulated. Anasia, anything for Bruce? Yeah. Uh, we have um, received notification that the hotel study has been completed, and so Mark and I are scheduling a call with the consultant to debrief and uh, get the feedback. Great. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Um, Kurt, you're sitting there, even though you're normally sitting over there. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to the city for honoring Stephen. Um, and uh, it was really nice to see the family here. That was great. Thank you. All right. Russ? Uh, yeah, we had planning and zoning meeting here uh, the Tuesday after Labor Day. Um, discussion topics included accessory structures on vacant uh, lots. And um, there's still going to probably be some changes to the ordinance on that. Um, then we had um, discussion on medical facilities, and because there is a moratorium on those right now, I think, which expires in October, correct? And uh, so that is being discussed and talked about. I'm not sure where we're going to end up and land on that. Um, some pretty good ideas were tossed about, and with IUPs and CUPs and so on, and um, then we had a very good discussion on um, our M1, M2 um, requirements for um, density because um, the ordinance refers uh, often to the master plan, and the master plan densities for M1, M2 don't match up with what we have in our um, land use um, chart. So we've got to kind of straighten that out and match those things up a little bit. 
and that would probably be coming in front of us pretty quick. I would yeah, think. if I could interrupt your update just to remind folks, I should have probably said our planning and zoning meeting for October has been rescheduled to October 10th, um, so that's the second Tuesday of the month, um, and that uh, we we're gonna and we're also gonna have um, a number of public hearings there for some of these ordinance issues okay. and. Um, Perhaps one other public hearing for a, a rezoning of a parcel. So um, please, everybody, note that it's back a week um, to accommodate folks' schedule because we're we're down a couple members and we're trying to make sure we got a quorum and all that kind of stuff. So October 10th is the thank revised you. planning commission date. Yeah, thank you because we have at least what three public hearings, right? Yeah, yeah. at least. Yeah. And we'll be updated on the calendar. Yeah, we will do that. Online. Yes, thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for that reminder because I. Uh, I did not have that written down. So um, that is what we have cooking. We did have um, an emergency fire steering committee meeting last night to discuss the purchase of a fire truck. And we I used one we did <coughs> um, authorize, because uh, the issue with that is when they find these fire trucks, um, used, good used ones, they're gone by the time we can get there and kick tires and look at them. So, we authorized um, for the operations committee to um, authorize uh, SBM and our, our CFD to go out there and purchase a fire truck without having to convene a fire steering committee meeting, so they can do that without uh, with a little more uh, speed in mind. So that is what is going on. All right. Thank you. Homecoming week is coming up, so people are starting to get into the spirit of that. Um, we had a big football game last week. I don't know the details, but I know that I think we won, and I know there's a lot of people. That's what I know. There are people lined up all around the fences and everything. So great to see people coming out and supporting the team for that. The band is out there playing like they do at every home game. So that was good to see, too. A lot of spirit there. Um, and that's my update for high school. How's cross country going? Good. Yeah, we got a meet uh, Friday at Lakeville. But yeah, and uh, the last meet was in Isanti, and the boys' varsity, uh, Centennial was the, our one of our guys came in first and won the varsity race. So, yeah. So, the aforementioned game you just mentioned was a rival game against Blaine. Mm -hmm. It was at our home stadium, and of course, we won at their hand a week. So, we'll just I'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Not to rub it in, we'll be good winners. <laughs> All right. So, just a couple of comments or updates for me. Um, welcome to Connor James. Uh, sorry I was not a, available to attend the ribbon cutting. I don't know how I crossed my schedule up that way, but definitely want to welcome them to our community. Um, I did have opportunity to attend the football fundraiser that was held before the season, and that was great. It was, it was good to hear that a lot of Centerville families are involved with varsity football right now. So um, I did not know that going into the fundraiser, but um, when my wife and I showed up, they were very happy to see representation from the city. So it just was kind of happenstance. It was kind of like, oh yeah, former football guy, so come. And it worked out both ways. The hockey fundraiser is coming up in a couple of weeks there. I also have tickets to attend that. I received an invite, but an invite to pay for myself to go. So yeah, it all works <laughs> out anyway. We'll, we'll go and 
Uh, maybe I'll wear some, some Centerville gear of some sort to just kind of get us recognized there. And then the final thing I just wanted to make sure I commented on was our fire department um, stood out on a bridge over Main, on Main Street over 35E on 9-11 in remembrance of that day. And I just want to thank the members of the fire department for doing that. I think that um, them year after year recognizing 9-11 and not allowing us to forget. You know, it, it, we always hear, uh, we'll never forget. And the minutia of our day sometimes allows us to, you know, we might wake up in the morning and go, oh, it's 9-11, that was, that was terrible. And then our day goes on. And, and, you know, and then you go out and about, and you're doing your stuff, and you see the fire department last year standing out here in the rain in front of the fire department, or this year um, hanging the flag over the bridge. I, I just think those things are very unique and speaks well of our fire department and as well as well of our city. So I wanted to thank the members of the fire department that did that. With that, um, we will be recessing into a closed executive session. And this meeting is closed pursuant to Minnesota Statute 13D.05, Subdivision 3, to discuss matters related to the budget and property governed by the Joint Powers Agreement for the Centennial Lakes Police Department. So we're going to take five minutes to recess. God bless everyone. Have a great evening. And in five minutes, we'll reconvene and have our closed session. Thank you all.